brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match, with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Sift Pop Podcast, as recorded in front of a live internet audience. Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, a podcast that would rather make Monsters, Inc. cupcakes rather than Minions cupcakes, it's Sift Pop. I'm just saying, or maybe like the aliens from Toy Story. Ooh, yeah. Those will be good cupcakes. What the <laughs> Welcome to Sif Pop streaming live on Spreaker every Sunday afternoon. Why did I say Sunday? <laughs> Saturday afternoon. Or available to download later in your podcast feed. Unless, of course, you're a patron. Patrons get perks. Patrons get those perks. <laughs> I'm Aaron Dicer from YourMovieFriend.com. <laughs> He's Andrew Ormsby from Flick Freaks. Ahoy! And each week we'll chat about movies, television, and whatever else from the pop culture universe is on our minds. And this week we're joined by a special guest guru for our review of Tully. It's the Curious Love! Hey! Finally! We did it! Glad yeah. to be back and finally meet sort of Andrew. Yeah! <laughs> Yeah, every time Lowe has been on, Andrew has been conspicuously absent. I ducked out. Yep. <laughs> uh, for <laughs> medical reasons a couple times. Yeah. And I forget what I I you know, I think you texted me and said, Is Lowe on? I can't I can't come on if she's on. I think one time, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what it was. Uh, our personalities are so close together, it would just be, you know, us fighting for the spotlight. Right, no, totally. And, it's and, gonna be interesting today. It's yeah. gonna be interesting. Uh couple of narcissists really fighting to to get on top i understand excuse you narcissist (laughs) how it it goes Uh, that's a common narcissist complaint you know they don't want to get called a narcissist uh that's actually not true i was gonna say most narcissists embrace it yeah (laughs) it's probably true um all right uh lo it is really cool to have you on when we're talking tully i know you recently had a baby of your own uh, and I so, did. and so, it's almost a year, and I hate it. I don't want him to be a year. Oh, oh yeah. okay. I thought you meant you hated the baby. And I was like, <laughs> wow. Okay, <laughs> he's almost a year, and I've hated every <laughs> second of it. <laughs> 
Um, so I'm excited to kind of get your perspective. And I, I think it was important for this review, too, to have a female voice because there's, you know, some things I'm going to talk about that I would interpret how, you know, a mom might feel about this. But you can know directly. So I'm really glad we have have your uh, your input I'm and a voice. real life mom. You are. You're legit. Um, happy Mother's Day coming up, by the way. Hey. Woo. Um, and so we'll get into that. Uh, we've got a lot of cool show. Did you want to, you have an apology you wanted to start off with, Uh, don't you? Yes. Dear Chris Atkins from CinemaSins, (laughs) it has recently been brought to my attention that you fervently disagree with my opinion that the ring of Cobb in Inception was his totem. After contemplating this for a while, I realized, sir, you are correct, because I always led the belief that since whenever he was dreaming, he had his wedding ring on, therefore his wedding ring was his totem, but that doesn't make sense because if he doesn't have the wedding ring when he's awake, that means he that the totem isn't real, mm-hmm. therefore it can't be his totem, and that really all his wedding ring is is a projection. Uh-huh. There so, you go. Yes, sir, you are correct. I sincerely apologize. <laughs> Please forgive me. I love that because he did. He texted me and he was like, uh, he's like, I can argue this hard. hard. <laughs> and like, I was like, really? He can argue it hard? And then I thought about it and I was like, okay, let's let's break this down. If he can argue it hard, then he has some pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I thought about it. I'm like, why didn't I realize this earlier? I'm a fool. Yeah, uh, that came from our Avenger. Was that in the spoiler cast that you mentioned that? Or was it, that in the regular episode? It may have been. In, no, it was in the regular because we were talking about endings in movies. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and, yeah, and the ending of Inception. That's yeah, right. Yeah, the that's ambiguous right. ending. So, um, so, yeah. And I, I've loved hearing, by the way, some of your favorite movie endings, uh, you know, tweeting them on Twitter oh, and yeah. commenting on the episode. It, that's it's really cool. It's made me realize, man, I forgot a lot of really good endings. Movies, there are a lot of movies that end well. Yeah. And that's, that's that's a really cool thing. So we're going to review Tully. We're going to talk best ever Charlize Theron movies. Uh, we've got a really cool Sift Quest today about modern actors who are like older actors, which I thought was interesting. Uh, and of course, we'll do some buried treasure. But let's kick it off with some Do We Care. Every single week, I scour the internet to find out what is going on in the entertainment world. I picked a couple topics. We only have two this week. All right. Because every single uh, medium I go to to get, you know, topics for us it's to It's talking discuss, about Avengers. It's talking about Avengers <laughs> right course. now. Nobody's talking about anything new. So we well, I've have... got some extra thoughts on Avengers that maybe we can close out this section with. But let's do your Ooh. let's do your news your news thoughts first. So the first one that we're going to be talking about is a topic we've briefly discussed, but it looks like it's on the precipice, like on the horizon, like right in front of us. And that's that 3D movies are kind of you know in a lull right now. Sure. Not many people because even I I prefer not to see movies in 3D. Um, so, you know, they're always looking for the next big gimmick, you know, to bring to the theaters. And it looks like a choose your own adventure is like right there for They've us. announced that they're doing it. They've announced yeah. that they're in production on a literal choose your own adventure movie where you have an app what? that, yep, you have an app you download on your phone. So does that the, mean that we're going to have a whole bunch of phones yep. light up? Oh, yep. absolutely. It is a, it is a phone needed environment. Uh, and so it'll come to a part in the movie. You will push which you know way you want the movie to go, and whatever is decided on by most, it'll go that way. Now I see so many movies alone 
And I'm just going to get to pick my own version of the movie. <laughs> now, originally, whenever we first discussed this, I think we've discussed this once or twice, actually. I was on board for it, and I thought, oh, man, this would be cool because I love the Goosebump Choose Your Own Adventure sure, books growing sure. up. So I was excited for the movie, but the more I thought about it, I think I changed my mind and said, no, this is a terrible idea. I just don't see how it works. It's going to die quick. I just I know the idea is, well, you'll get people coming back to movies more and more because they want to see you know different things happen. Um, but yeah, I just, I can't imagine that this will be a good experience no. for people. What the you- only way I can see it working is through like a streaming service, because I feel like if you're sitting there wanting the option that most people don't want, then you're going to have like a bad taste in your mouth. Cause like you wanted a certain thing to happen and that's not happening because the rest of the audience waited, voted another way. Yeah. yeah that in that's, and that's a great point because there will almost be some audience animosity or there could be like if you, you know, if you vote one way and the audience keeps going the other way, yeah, like maybe you I wanna... told you guys to go right. right. Look what happened. Like maybe maybe you want to ruin the movie for everybody because it didn't go your way. Like, I don't yeah. know. It's, it's, it's an interesting. I don't think many people would do that, but it's just it's interesting to think about the animosity it could. Yeah. You know, it could create. So have you been on the Internet? People love to ruin things for other people. <laughs> well, but that's on the Internet. Like when you're in the same room with somebody, it is a little bit different. Um, the anonymity. Yeah. Isn't there when they're. Yeah, looking exactly. At you. Um, yeah. I've only seen one real fight break out in a movie theater. Uh, yeah. That was really? Yeah. I was I was uh, I was right next. Well, yeah, I was right next to them and he was just mad because his seat got bumped like from behind. And they were just two of those guys that, you know, are going to like, yeah, that are going to puff up, (laughs) you know, there's just certain guys that are just going to, and maybe some girls too, they're just going to puff up when somebody comes at them and they were both that way. And so it just escalated. Come at me, bro. And I, I texted the manager of the theater. I was like, you've got a potential situation in this theater. And so. Um, they were there pretty quickly to, to I calm love him that down. you know the manager of the theater and we're able to text him. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, though that happens with when you're at the movies, you yeah. know, two or three times every week. Uh, so, yeah. So, choose your own adventure. I'm a nay. I don't think it's going to work. Same. Uh, the only other topic for us to discuss is that Marvel is meeting with 65 different directors to finally... Figure out who is going to direct a Black Widow film. Yeah. So what I want to uh, give you guys is carte blanche. Who do you want to direct Black Widow? So I figure Uh, maybe I should go first to give you guys some time to think on this. Yeah, you've had some time to think. So I'm going to go with Catherine Bigelow. Yeah. I think that she would nail it because she can do... Because, you know, the origin of Black Widow, from even if you're not, you know, up on comics and stuff... You've been able to piece together. She's not had the jolliest of origins, you know? Mm-hmm. And Catherine Bigelow, you know, you look at Hurt Locker or Zero Dark Thirty. She can do a dark movie that's gritty and real. And I think that she could really bring an interesting kind of, you know, insight onto a Marvel movie. All right, here's my counterpoint. Uh, I think Catherine Bigelow's phenomenal. I think she's a little too dark for the Marvel universe. I think she takes things a little she's a more, seriously. She's more DC gal. Mm-hmm. The, the <laughs> person who I've seen that really has uh, a, a great sense of humor 
a great sense of quirkiness uh, and just directed an incredible movie is Greta Gerwig. Lady Bird. Yeah, I really think it'd be interesting to have Greta Gerwig direct the Black Widow sequel. See what she could do with a big property and and kind of put her fingerprints on it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's definitely something I would I would be interested in seeing. What do you think, Lo? Did you come up with something? I mean, I'm just kind of searching around here, and the first person I came up with, which is maybe a little on the nose, is Patty Jenkins, who directed sure. Wonder Woman. But, you know, she's proven, and it wouldn't be the first time that kind of directors have, have jumped between the two franchises. It's true. It's true. Um, no, that's a good yeah, choice. Yeah, I don't know, because it's hard, because you want to get somebody who can do the action, but also has, like, the levity yeah. of what Marvel movies have. They tend to be a little bit more comedy-driven. Yeah, and Patty Jenkins is, I think, the best combination of that because yeah. uh, Greta Gerwig hasn't you know, done any action, so yeah. she hasn't proven her action chops. And like I mentioned, Catherine Bigelow isn't necessarily lighthearted. <laughs> you know, she, she hasn't you know, done that side. So Patty Jenkins is the perfect balance, and she has done it before. So, that, I mean, that is the obvious choice. What are you talking about? Detroit was baby town frolics. <laughs> Oh, I laughed so much during that movie. Yeah. It's so funny. Um, but that's going to wrap it up for Do We Care. You said you had a topic for discussion. Well, no. You know, now that I think about it, I'm afraid that some of the things I want to say about the Avengers are spoilers. Um, okay. There are, I guess I'll just say this. Uh, there are three main arguments against liking the Avengers that I don't think hold up under scrutiny. And um, I, you know, one of them I know I can't talk about, which is the ending. Um, some thoughts on the ending, and I just don't understand the the. Well, actually, that one's a spoiler too. Yeah, I can't talk about any of them. Okay, I'm sorry. Maybe maybe in our spoiler. So whenever Aaron says, all you have to say is, all the people who are saying they hate it, you're wrong. That's that's pretty much what you're wanting to say. <laughs> no, there are some legit. I think there are legit complaints with the Avengers. I really yeah. do. But um, Lo, have you seen it yet? What do you? Oh think? yeah. What do you think? Oh, I loved it. Okay. I yeah. adored it. Is it ranked pretty high for you as far as MCU? Um, I don't have it ranked super high. I think I have it kind of in the middle on my uh, my official letterboxed uh, list. But I, I super loved it, and I'm just I'm a big Marvel fanboy, so I've it's hard to top some of my favorite Marvel movies. But no, I adored it. I thought it was great. I think the only reason that maybe it isn't a little higher is that it is hard to come in as somebody who isn't super familiar with all 18 other Marvel movies, but I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. I just think that that makes it a little less accessible. Um, I watched it a second time and am more convinced it's an incredible movie. Uh, I picked up on so many other things on the positive side of things uh, that second time. Um, it is raised in stature for me. Um, give, you know, give it a little bit of time, but right now it's, it's on, on top of the Marvel list for me and uh, may crack my top 100. And I know you, you said that actually last week you were already there. So it it cracked my top 100. I'm still gonna, I'm still holding back to figure out where exactly it's going to land because like I said, the more I think about it, it keeps eking its way towards, you know, the higher echelon of movies but I don't want to put it up too high if I'm still riding that high of just, you know, coming out of the theater even weeks or a week sure. later, you know. So um, I tell you what, uh, during our because I wasn't know I didn't know if we'd do a spoiler episode for Tully or not, but I feel like we need to definitely yeah. for this movie after, after yeah. seeing it. Um, so at the beginning of the spoiler episode for Tully. Maybe I'll talk about my Avengers stuff just briefly. Or do you want to do it um, afterwards so that way people can listen oh, that's to good, the that's a good, That's a good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good point. Um, yeah. Maybe at the end of it. 
I'll throw that stuff out there real quick. So, with all that said, let's move on to talking about Tully. Do you know what a night nanny is? They take care of the baby at night so mom and dad can get some sleep. I don't want a stranger in my house. It's like a Lifetime movie where the nanny tries to kill the family and the mom survives and she has to walk with a cane at the end. Get over yourself. Marlo is a New York suburbanite who's about to give birth to her third child. Her husband, Ron, is loving and works hard, but remains clueless about the demands that motherhood puts on his wife. When the baby is born, Marlo's wealthy brother hires a nighttime nanny named Tully to help his sister handle the workload. Hesitant at first, Marlo soon learns to appreciate all that Tully does, forming a special bond with her new life-saving friend. Uh, The movie is Tully. It brings together the threesome again of Jason Reitman directing, uh, Diablo Cody writing, and Charlize Theron uh, acting, which was the same threesome as uh, Young Adult. Um, Which Did you guys like Young Adult? Didn't see it. I haven't seen it. Okay, okay. Um, I I enjoyed it. Uh, I thought it was a decent movie. Um, So it's nice to see them back together doing this with Tully. So here's the question. Did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay? What do you think, Lo? I liked it. Liked it. I loved it for the first maybe 50% of the movie. Then it took a swift turn to I was like, I'm going to hate this movie. And then the ending brought it back to a like it. All right. Andrew? (laughs) I am in the didn't like it, leaning towards it was okay. Okay. Uh, I'm in the liked it, almost leaning loved it. Maybe You know, closer to loved it than it was just okay. So I'm the only one out here. Interesting. Um, It'll yeah. be a fun conversation. Yeah, yeah. You can you can kind of tell us uh, some of the things that you didn't like about it, but we'll start with the things that we enjoyed about it. Um, what are some of the positives, Lo? Oh, my gosh. I, again, as we've already mentioned, I am a new mom. My son is almost a year old. I just came through that granted i only have one child not three but i just came through that point where you're exhausted and you can't remember a time when you got a full night's rest and like snapping at everyone there's so many things in this movie that i was like oh my gosh this is me um and i think that's part of the reason why it knocked down from a love it to a like it because for the first 50% of the movie, 75% of the movie, it was absolutely so cathartic. So many things that I was all into. I don't want to get into the reasons that it knocked it down though, just yet until we get to the the negatives. Sure, but yeah, they're sure. just such a true representation, at least for me of how difficult it is to get through that. I mean, you basically feel like a milk machine Right. For yeah. A few months. Your baby can't smile at you. It can't say thank you. As cute as it is, it literally is just crying, pooping, and drinking milk out of you. Like it's it's so exhausting, and it's so hard to describe it to somebody who's never given birth to a child or adopted sure. a child. Like it's just oh. <laughs> no, and it's that's so great and worth it. But man, is it tough. Yeah, and that's and that's what I would say. Just having seen my wife go through it four times. You know, we've got four kids. Uh, and to see, you know, uh, her in the same position you're in, that's what this movie stood out to me as well, is it feels so authentically uh, able to talk about the the things that a lot of people don't talk about with pregnancy and with new kids and with breastfeeding and, you know, those kind of things felt real and felt authentic. Um, my wife was telling me that her friends were saying that a lot of people don't like it because they think it's making light of like postpartum oh and that kind of stuff. And I'm like making light. 
I think part of the reason I, I think it works so well is it's not a straight up comedy. Like it's a it's an actual drama and there's actual darkness to it. Um, because we've seen like the pregnancy new mom thing done in like straight up comedies before. And that's a little easier to take because it's kind of all just for laughs, you know, kind of thing. But I think it means something more when it's in a movie like this and it, it plays it more straight. Um, and so, I, yeah, I didn't understand that complaint, but she said some of her friends were saying that. Uh, yeah, I don't really get that either. I, I think for me, like there definitely were some comedic moments, but I think that they were almost that cathartic kind of laughing at yourself. And, you know, this is coming from somebody who's on the other side of that. Um, I don't know if maybe people who are more in the thick of it, or maybe it's been so long, but it, I don't know. It just, it really got me. The stuff that worked in this movie for me really worked, including the comedy for me. The other thing that really worked for me was uh, Charlize Theron. I think she's incredible in this movie. She keeps cementing the fact that I think she's probably the best actress in Hollywood right now. Yeah, I mean, Meryl Streep is always no, going to be I, that for me. I but, think um, I honestly still, like, because, you know, she's the, always the go-to is Meryl well, Streep. because she's incredible. Yeah, but I just, every single time I see Charlize, I'm like, man, you... You just know how to nail it every single time. Oh, she and she in this movie is so good. Yeah. Uh, a lot is being made of her weight gain for this role. Mm-hmm. Um, and it certainly, I think, impacts uh, the role. And I think it's, it's, but I think even beyond that, just her performance as this person, I think, is the reason uh, that it stands out to me. Not the, not the, you know, literal embodying of a new mom and kind of the weight gain and those kind yeah. of things. But just the actual putting herself in that mindset is is absolutely incredible. It's just crazy seeing her go from monster to like Eon Flux and then to uh, this and then realizing that it was only a couple months, or maybe a year ago she did Atomic Blonde. You know? Right, yeah, like, yeah. The, the physical change like that she goes through is like something you'd see in like Christian Bale or something like that like the extreme- he's the primary example he's done that a lot in his career yeah but um she still is just so good not only that aspect but just the way she is able to captivate you through every single performance she gives what did you think of the performances Lo? oh i i loved them i thought everybody did a really good job um i want to give a shout out to the husband and i don't remember the actor's name uh was we'll it ron it. livingston yeah 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 um, I think so. he he it was it was a pretty subtle performance he's not the main character by any means but i think they really nailed and i want to give a shout out to my husband who is not like this man but i think they <laughs> I think nice. they really nailed the the loving but but clueless. Um, yeah. Luckily, I had a husband who has very much been my partner to the point that he would take a night and I would take a night, which, ladies, if you are looking for a way to get through sleepless nights, do that. Um, uh, he, because I think it would have been so easy to, to hate him, uh, to really make right. him a villain almost. And he wasn't a villain. He no. was just clueless. He, she even mentions, like, you know, he helps with the homework. He helps make the lunches, all that sort of stuff. But he was really clueless on the exhaustion that comes with having just given birth and all of the hormones that are still in your body and all the hormones that are now newly in your body because you're producing milk and like, you know, it's, it's a tough thing. And he was clueless on that, but he still came through as a loving husband. Yeah. And I think that that's kind of nuanced there. Yeah. Um, I wish, I mean, I, I totally agree. 
I think he's got less excuse being their third child to still be this clueless. That's just me. I was very clueless on our first child. Um, and, you know, I, I said some things in jest that I might take back. Like uh, one time my wife woke me up in the middle of the night and asked if I could take care of Austin, who's our first. And I said, I'm all out of milk. Uh, and <laughs> and uh, that I learned very quickly that there's more than just breastfeeding that happens at night. So you can help. <laughs> Um, so, but yeah, on their third child, I wish he was a little more clued in, but I think it speaks to the fact that she has just done everything for all three children. Like she, she hasn't put that on him. And so he remains clueless to, you know, she, she hasn't taken the time to say, Hey, I need your help. And so in these ways, and so he's not necessarily giving it. Well, and I Um, think a lot of what this movie tries to put out there is kind of busting that myth of the super mom. Yes, exactly. Um, and that was part of it is that she even mentions that she needs to be this super mom who does everything. And then I almost just spoiled the whole movie. <laughs> Never mind. I'm going to cut myself off there. Nice. Nicely done. Uh, other performances that were also awesome. Mark Duplass is, is great as the brother. I love um, that guy. The dynamic between them as a wealthy sibling and a non-wealthy sibling I found very interesting. Um, and felt real to me. Oh, yeah, it's real. Um, oh, you know that, <laughs> yeah. that feeling? Okay, fair yeah. enough, fair enough. Uh, Mackenzie Davis, I've always loved. I think she's so great. Uh, one of my favorite TV shows, Halt and Catch Fire, which finished up a um, year or two ago. She was phenomenal in that. And... I'm going to start, so it's done, Halt and Catch Fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Halt and Catch Fire's over. I, it's on Netflix. I'm going to pick it up. It's so good. Okay. It's it's really, really good. And I love Lee Pace, and he's he's great in it, too, so... Um, so I really thought the performances in, in, in this all around were good. I thought the the little boy, their son, was very oh believable. Um, you know, here's another reason that this movie was tailor made to make me cry. Um, my brother is autistic, mm-hmm. and oh my goodness, they never actually go to the point of like saying that he's autistic. No, they didn't. But that boy is autistic. Like. They absolutely were going that route. Like every single time he did anything, I was like, that's my brother. That's my brother. That was my yeah. brother when he was that age. Like it was great writing and great acting on that on that child's part for sure. Yeah, I thought I thought he was phenomenal. Um, so, yeah, performances all around were great. Any other positives we want to bring up before we start going into the negatives? No, nope. I'm good. Yeah, you mentioned you mentioned my my major ones, which were the authenticity and the message of the super, you know, the breaking the myth of the super mom. I think is so important. Um, you know, it, it's it's there are so many myths that I feel like women have to deal with that men don't. Um, some of them involve what beauty is. You know, some of them involve those kind of standards. Some of them involves what it means to be a parent. Um, and the more of those that we can start to tear down and, and let people live in a real world and, you know, understand things better the I'm, I'm all for that, you know? So this movie, I feel like did that very well. And so I was, I was excited to see that. Uh, I will mention, I guess one other positive, which is the writing. I think when Diablo Cody is on her game, she's very clever. And I felt like a lot of the lines in this movie, uh, were really fun. I can see how that actually might be a negative for some people because it can, and it has for me in other movies that she's written, stolen the authenticity of the character a little bit because you know there aren't people in real life who speak that way. Um, Juno. I, uh, yeah, Juno, those kind of things. But but I've said the same thing about, um, oh, I can't believe, uh, Sorkin. You know, Sorkin yeah. writes the same kind of way where it's like nobody's that quick. You know, nobody's that smart. 
um, and even more so than Diablo Cody, I think. And I think we're just willing to forgive it uh, and go into that universe. But I didn't actually feel much of that at all during uh, Tully. I thought it was, uh, if anything, understated on that part. But I, I loved the cleverness, and I loved the structure cleverness of this movie. Um, so there were some interesting things done with structure that I can talk more about in spoilers. But um, but I thought I thought it was written very well. So that, that would be the other positive I have. Andrew, do you want to kind of kick us off with why you kind of landed in the didn't like it? Maybe it was just okay? I guess I could say that without you know going into too many spoilers, the reason why I didn't like this movie as much is maybe because I am kind of in the dark here, you know, being sure. a single guy. You sure, know, not, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so I didn't understand what this movie was trying to tell me. If the movie was trying to say that being a mother is hard... I understand that, but then there are elements of this movie that, without getting into spoilers, confused me as to why they would go that route if the main message is being a mother, you know, the the stress, you know, of those that first year or however long is so difficult and you need to be, you know, aware not only for the child but for the mother. Yeah. Like, there are... Parts of the movie, with like I said, without going into spoiler, which I didn't understand why they went down that route. Okay. And then I think there are very sloppy editing choices here. I don't think the movie was edited very well. Like there are scenes that are unnecessary or I'll just say right here, there's one scene where they're driving to New York and it went on forever. Ever and I didn't understand why that montage oh, was I, like it was. I, I I think I can tell you. I, okay. I think I know what they were trying to do. I may I may actually agree with you that it wasn't as effective as they wanted it to be. Um, but but yes, I think when we're in spoilers, I think I can because I'll need to go into specifics of that montage because yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah, same. Um, but I but I think I can shed a little bit of light on that. Okay. Um, but I actually will agree that there is some sloppy editing going on here. I felt it mostly during the first thirty to forty minutes of the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I felt like we didn't get. I, Tully wasn't a character soon enough for me. I felt like we needed her to be a character sooner in the movie for a little bit of that momentum. Uh, the only that's the only negative I have is I feel like this movie starts slow. I feel like it takes a while to get its feet underneath it, and I think there are a few things in the editing, bringing characters in, you know, finding creative ways to do that to bring her in sooner or whatever, uh, could have given it a little more forward momentum in those first thirty minutes. I feel like. So, what is the main message of this movie? I think, I, I didn't get it. I, I think, don't think I can say the main message of this movie without spoiling it. Okay. Okay, fair At enough. For me, the main thing that I got away from it is something that they don't touch on until like the last quarter of the movie. Interesting. All right. Um, and I didn't know that was going to be a theme based on the trailers that I had seen. Uh, yes, I watched trailers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How, how dare you? <laughs> the praise um, I, I was expecting a very just kind of like a drama, just a drama about a mom going through the first bit. Mm-hmm. And maybe some like growing as a family, like that's what I was expecting, and it was a lot more than that, and it went a lot deeper into some things about being a new mom that I, yeah, I don't know how to talk about them without spoiling them. I think uh, I think I've mentioned, you know, um, we've both actually mentioned low the idea of breaking down the myth of the super mom. Yeah, I think I think that was a big one um, that they wanted to do was to uh, demystify that and to say, look, this is. This is difficult. This is real. And um, there are so many women who 
set themselves, you know, these high standards that they don't have to, you know, that there, that there is, um, you know, a way to have a, a conversation with a spouse or a friend or somebody like that to, uh, to offer help. Um, so it's, it's about that. It's about understanding yourself, I think is a big theme, understanding who you are, why you are, who you are, all those kind of things. Um, and I think, and this is maybe another reason why it might not have hit home for Andrew. I, I think that it's very much a movie made for women, not just in the sense that it's like, oh, like pregnancy is so hard. Give yourself a break. But like women are the ones that are judging each other. Like, Andrew, Mm. you said, like, I know that pregnancy is hard and I know that that it's, you know, difficult. I understand that. Well, Um, I should say I've heard pregnancy. I don't know pregnancy (laughs) is hard. Well, I know, but you you understand that. And I do think that it actually is more as cliche as it is, women are really hard on each other. And they actually touch on that a few times in the movie as well. And it's as a new mom, you're in, you're suddenly in the mommy club and everybody is very judgmental and everybody is very much like breast milk versus formula versus organic food versus, you know, every little decision that you make. If you post about it on Facebook, even if you aren't posting about the fact you made a decision, but like you post the fact that your child is looking at a phone and they're five years old, everybody's going to be like, you let your child play with a phone. Like it's, it's a whole, (laughs) it's a whole thing. Yeah. Parent parent judging each other. And I think so many mothers go into it being like, yes, I've, gone through every Pinterest board about new moms and I'm going to have the the cutest pictures of my child and I'm going to do all of these cool activities. I'm going to homeschool them and it's going to be perfect and amazing. And it's so easy to say that before you have your kid. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's well said. Uh, anything else we want to touch on before we move on? Any other negatives? Lo, did you have any negatives that stood out to you? Just... I I think this movie pulled the first reverse shark jump I've ever witnessed. (laughs) And, and uh, yeah, I just, yeah, I I don't know how to talk about it without spoiling it. Actually, another con I have. Very much spoilery. My my other con of this movie is the ending. I didn't like the ending, which obviously you'll have to wait. But I'll just say that I didn't like the ending. So a reverse, so we jump back over the shark. Like jumped the shark and then jumped right back over. They jumped the shark and then they pulled it back. Nice. I was like, oh, wait, that wasn't a shark jump. Yeah, I, I really wasn't thinking we were going to have to have a spoiler cast for this, but uh, it is definitely <laughs> yeah. it is definitely the kind of movie that, that needs a spoiler cast. So we'll chat more about it there. Um, but for now, uh, it's a recommend for me. Um, Low sounds like it's a recommend for you. Yeah, especially if you are a new mom or know a new mom or are wanting to understand new moms. Watch it. Even though you didn't quite like it, Andrew, what are your thoughts on recommending it to someone else? What would you say to someone who's thinking about seeing it? Uh, it would depend on who I'm talking to, sure, honestly. Sure. So if you're a single guy, probably not. Honestly, I'll never see this movie again. Sure. Never. Um, not saying it's bad. Understandable, honestly. Yeah, no, bad. totally understandable. But it's weird because I look at some of uh, Diablo Cody's other movies like Juno, and I love Juno so much. Yeah. I, I, I could watch that movie right now. But this is one that I'm. Just, it's done for me. Maybe just because it's not for me. Sure. So, if you're a new mom, it sounds like, hey, this is going to be, or you know, a seasoned mom, as I guess you would say, like you've had children, yeah. and, like they're grown up. It could be a look back on, like, oh yeah, this is how difficult it was. I don't know. So maybe for, it sounds like you guys who have had children say, yeah, it's a recommend. So. 
cool. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was sitting. Uh, I, my wife went with me. I was sitting next to her, and uh, by the way, she did, she loved it. She okay. thought she thought it was great. Um, there were a couple times during the movie where some of that parent judging stuff is happening, where she she literally, you know, to the screen was like, "Oh no." Oh no! <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> oh, I'll tell you, the audience or the crowd I was with was so into this movie. Really? Yeah, like it was one of those like people talking during the movies, like, "Oh no, she didn't," and like, uh, "No, don't do that," or you know, when a mom would say like. I could barely get to the gym whenever I have. And they were like, are you kidding me? You know, stuff like that. I'm like, really? This is that kind of a movie where we're just going to talk? Apparently Maybe so. Maybe that's why I hated the, or that's right. too hate much, the movie. Too much talking. Too much talking during the movie. <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to the best ever challenge. Uh, let's do some Charlize movies. Best ever Charlize Theron movies. Um, we'll do our top three. We'll go from number three to number one. Then we'll mention some honorable mentions. Um, I'm going to start because I know I'm going to get trumped anyway uh, with my number three. So I'll just throw it out there and then Andrew can trump it and then we'll we'll move on. Mad Max Fury Road is my number. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah, you both trumped it. Nice. Uh, Lo, what's your number three? Mine, and I have to admit, I haven't seen a lot of the movies that she's in that everybody like loves. Um, I haven't seen Young Adults, so I haven't seen what was her most recent one, Atomic Blonde. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if those would make it, but mine is a bit of nostalgia. It's Mighty Joe Young. It's a a Disney movie movie from the 90s. It's very early on in her career. Um, She is a person, I believe she lives in Africa. Yep. I want to say that's where she's at. And she, I haven't seen it in a while, but um, it's basically just about... Her mom and this gorilla's mom are both killed by poachers. Her mom was like an activist. And so she kind of grows up with this this uh, gorilla named Joe. And then he ends up getting taken to like a sanctuary. And there's a whole thing with poachers. But I, I remember really love that movie. I it's remember the nostalgic for me. <laughs> I remember the special effects in that movie being better than they should have been at that time. Like the. the... Oh, it's it's. I you cannot convince me that that is not a real gorilla. Yeah. I don't care what you show me, it's a real gorilla. <laughs> yeah. Cuz he's big. He's a he's like big. That's part of the reason why they want him is that he's like very big. It's not quite King Kong, but he's like the size of an elephant. Especially, well, especially not the 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 new King Kong. Yeah. <laughs> yes, like, yeah, the new. Yeah. Well, um I remember really liking this movie because as a kid, we uh my grandmother would always record for me Turner classic movies, you know. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it was it was a, a it's a remake. I don't know if you guys knew yes, that from yeah. like a nineteen forty. It was a nineteen forties movie. I think it came out before King Kong did. And um, uh, no, it didn't. Did it come out? Kong after was King- first. Yeah, I think okay. So. Uh, well, regardless, it, it was the same time period. Uh, you know, black and white stop motion. You know, and um, I remember watching the original all the time because there was just well my grandma did she recorded and that those that's what i watched yeah so i didn't watch new movies when i was a kid i only watched black and white like laurel and hardy or abbott and costello or bowery boys and then she would record for me these turner classic movies like king kong or Mighty yeah. joe young because she knew that was my kind of stuff yeah and so whenever the new one came i'm like oh it's a modern mighty joe young and i remember just loving it and Charlize Theron like she's so pretty because I don't, <laughs> when did the movie come out I don't even know it was like 2000 2001 I'm not sure Mighty Joe it no, seems like I think it was earlier than that but maybe I'm just projecting my age um yeah. is Bill Paxton in that or is that yeah okay yeah yeah he's he was so good missed that guy uh 1998 98 oh, I, was I was close close yeah close enough but yeah 
Good call. Good call. It's a good movie. Um, King There's Kong. a lullaby in the movie that I used to like sing all the time. I It's in whatever African language they're speaking. I'm not sure. Oh, nice. Um, and I always used to sing it like just as, as a song that I liked to sing. I had it on my iPod when I first got an iPod. Like this movie was important to me as a kid. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I when did King Kong King Kong came out in 1933. Mighty Joe Young was 1949. Okay, so yeah, so there you go. Uh, Andrew, what's your number three? Uh, mine's gonna get trumped by you, so I'll just (laughs) go ahead and win. It's because I'm just gonna go ahead and say this: this movie has grown on me after multiple viewings. Oh, cool! Kubo and the Two Strings. Nice. Yeah, I'm gonna trump you on that. Yeah, but uh, but a good choice for sure. Let's go ahead and talk about. I mean, unless unless. Lowe's going to trump us both, but I have it at number two. I haven't seen Kubo, and oh. it's like my husband's favorite movie ever. He always wants me to watch it, and I'm always like, oh, yeah, I'll get to it, and I just haven't yet. <laughs> well, I've got it at number two, so let's go ahead and talk about it. Um, okay. I feel like this movie is one of those that I didn't have a lot of expectations going into and just swept me away, you know, like yeah. with the art style, with the performances, with the thematics, with... Um, you know, where the story went, with how willing it was to be a little darker at times. Um, I I really think it's a gorgeous, wonderful movie. And, uh, and man, that paper art style is so cool. Yeah. And so, some of the coolest stop motion I've ever seen. You know how um, originally, whenever we did the review, yeah. uh, I think we came out, War Dogs came out the same time, and I yeah. said I like War Dogs more. Yeah, yeah. No, I've, I've totally <laughs> switched gears. I can honestly say I love this movie now. Nice. I can say I love this movie. It's so good. I'm glad you've come around. What do you think kind of changed your opinion on it? Maybe it was just the fact that whenever I first saw it, remember, I'm not all that big on stop motion movies. Right. Like, yeah, every yeah. now and then one will come out, like a Wes Anderson one, and I'm like, yeah, that's so good. But I didn't expect it to be the type of movie that it was. But so, you love Chicken Run, too, don't you? I love Chicken Run. It's not a uh, It's not a uh, Alden, or what's the studio's name, Aldman? Ardman. Ardman, yeah. yeah. It's not an Ardman movie. No, I'm it? just saying you said you don't like stop motion, but like all the stop motion movies I'm thinking of, you seem to I like. I don't like the Walson and Gromit movies. Oh, okay. Uh, any of the Tim Burton ones. Maybe, Nightmare Before but, Christmas? Maybe, besides Nightmare Before oh, okay. Christmas. Uh, I'm not a fan of James and the Giant Peach, stuff like that. Okay, all right. Ooh, Corpse Bread? Corpse Bride, no. Coraline, uh, yeah. Okay. Stuff like so. Like the previous Leica stuff, even. Yeah, or yeah, Leica, yeah, yeah. There we pronounced. go. Yeah. Uh, but for some reason, like, Multiple viewings, I'm like, okay, so it's not the movie that I expected, but that's that doesn't technically mean it's a bad movie. Right. So once I went into it with a new mindset, multiple viewings kind of changed my mind. Okay, this is the style of story. It's supposed to be this Japanese, you know, sort of uh, coming of age, you know, with this mystical element to it. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's when I actually started to appreciate it more and... I wasn't all that up on McConaughey or even Charlize's uh, voice performance. Yeah. But then on after viewing, I'm like, okay, I, under, I understand what they're going. Maybe because I understand, I knew the twist coming. Like, so it was painfully obvious, you know. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I can Very say nice. I like it now. Very cool. What do you got at number two, Lo? My number two. I clicked away from it. My number two is Hancock. Nice. Which is a divisive movie. I've got it. My honorable mentions. People, I love it. I like yeah. Hancock. It's fun. Lots of people really don't like it. And I understand like it did some weird kind of things that I don't think people expected, especially from the marketing campaign for this movie was extremely 
uh, like crass and like they definitely wanted you to lean into the whoa sorry that's a baby toy that just started (laughs) singing in the background for no reason that's creepy and now i don't know how to stop it i remember uh the life of being a mom one second i'm gonna go away (laughs) my sister whenever we were growing up had a furby and just that thing would randomly turn on during the night nice it was terrifying you know you you wake up to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night all of a sudden Hey! I don't even know where it is. I can't find it. Well, no worries. But it stopped. Elmo, so. Elmo's just around somewhere. Elmo is always watching. <laughs> Absolutely. Anyway. Yeah. Talk. It's good. I liked it more it, than I think the average person did. You know what's interesting? I don't think this gives anything away. What's interesting is Hancock the first time watching is a similar experience in some ways to watching Tully for the first time. There's, there's. I would agree with that. Yeah, there's an, ex, there's a, there's a similar kind of mental experience that happens as you go through that movie. I can't, I, if I explain it further, I think it would be spoilers. But I just, I think it is, you know, it's interesting in that way. I will say, Hancock is one of those movies. Like I'm, I, I would love if they announced a sequel. Like if they were like, we're doing Hancock two, I would be pumped. Honestly, I think uh, Hancock is standalone is good for me. It's, it's good. But yeah. it's like a universe I would I would be interested in in revisiting. Okay, for sure. Um, what do you got at uh, number two? Well, obviously it's going to get trumped. It was Mad Max Fury Road, so Trump. Yeah. <laughs> so why don't you go? <laughs> All right. Uh, my number two. one. No, my number one. Oh, okay. Um, my number one is a movie that I can't help but sing every time I you know hear the title, and it's that thing you do. Um, I know she's barely in it. Uh, it's not necessarily. Uh, that's why I didn't pick it because I love that movie. But yeah. So, but if we're talking best ever movies that, that she's, she's in, in you know, <laughs> my my number one pick, she's in for like thirty seconds. Oh, so, nice, so there nice. We go. Uh, that thing you do uh, is such a classic. I, I just I could watch it over, and it's so rewatchable. It's such a fun movie. Never, I love it. Never seen. You've never... It's on your list of shame? I guess it is. I've never even heard of it, I don't think. That thing you do? Yeah. I guess... You are blowing my mind right now. What does she do? What is the thing? You've never heard of that thing you do? What is the thing she does? Tom Hanks? Oh, my gosh. It's like... It's like... It's a band in the... So good. It's sort of like Beatles Beatles. era. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, you have you have to <laughs> watch, Liv watching like, yeah, oh, Liv, yeah, watching so Andrew's good. eyes dart around is is really interesting. <laughs> I feel like I'm being punked. <laughs> no, and like I, the song, the song. I feel like I remember hearing that song is on the radio. The song like, called that got, thing like, you actual, do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Ooh, I, like I remember hearing it on the radio. Doing that thing you do. No, nothing. No. Wow. I would sing along, but since I'm remote, we would be out of. Sync. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Um. Yeah, people wow. in the chat are saying you got to see that thing you do. So. Yeah, I, I'm my mind is blown. Like I can't. Like I, yeah, it I would be like heard of it. When did it come out? What is to me saying that would be like if I said, like, oh, I love two thousand. Yeah, if I said I love Groundhog Day, and you're like, I've never heard of that movie. Like it's like it's similar to me than you know, it's way up 1996. there. Nineteen ninety six. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. There you go. That's on your list, man. Tom Hanks and Charlize Theron. Yeah, Charlie Theron is in it, but Liv Tyler has a you know a more prominent role. Oh, okay, but uh, yeah, no, it's Tom Hanks is like their manager, right? Yeah, exactly. I'm trying to remember, is that the thing he does? He manages. <laughs> that is the thing he does. <laughs> okay, yeah, you got to check that out. Tom... They're a they're a one hit wonder. 
Yeah, exactly. And, and it's kind of like their huh. their story. You gotta Steve, love one hit wonders. Steve Zahn is in the band. Oh, the O'Neaters. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Tom Everett Scott is in the band as well. So yeah, you can check it out. But now let's move on to a movie I definitely have heard of, and that is Curious Lowe's number one. Mad Max <laughs> Fury Road. Lowe, since you had it at number one, go ahead and talk about it. Oh, my gosh. I can't even begin to describe how much I love this movie. And, like, as we kind of already touched on, there were a few movies that she's in that I didn't put in my top three just because she was a smaller role. This movie, even though it's called Mad Max, this is Furiosa's movie. It's Furiosa's movie. Like, movie. She, yeah. She is so amazing in it and the places her character goes and the journey and just the emotion on her face. I just can't, I can't talk coherently about it. I've seen it so many times. As soon as I saw it in theaters, I was in love with it. That's I, I love it. I watched it. I watched it last night. (laughs) Yeah. I I love that movie. It's it's the only one all three of us have in our top three. Uh, I've got a number three. You've got a number two. She has it at number one. Yeah. Um, I, it, in, it is a movie I did not expect to like. I, I haven't enjoyed like the old Mad Max movies. They didn't appeal to me really. You don't like Beyond Thunderdome? No, <laughs> it just hasn't appealed to me. None of that stuff has appealed to me. But uh, I, I, the I think movies. Charlize is the reason I love Mad Max Fury Road so much. She Her performance in that is absolutely mind-blowing. I like her more than Hardy. Hardy's just too gravelly and grumpy. He doesn't... He He's, he's cardboard. Yeah. Whereas Charlize is an actual, you know, human being, you know. Um, but I, I love the aesthetics of that movie. I think, you know, it's it's really interestingly done. He's um, George Miller's so good. Yeah. So yeah, I definitely understand. Practical the pick. effects all day in that movie make it like mm-hmm. some of the best. And yeah, there's and the CGI. world building. Yeah. The world building that goes on in that movie with like the the religion and what is his name? Nux. Um, oh yeah, he, nuts. all that stuff with them. It's so subtle, but like you just get it on a rewatch and the more you rewatch, the more things you see with like their prayer symbol looks like a V8 engine and like just so many things are so great and so deep and like so many layers. It's Another like plane coming in. Phase. There's so many layers. Oh yeah. Immortal Joe is such a good villain. He's so good. Yeah. And the fact we never see him, you know, technically just makes them all that the better. Yeah. No, that's definitely it. What? So what? What is this movie that Char- Charlize is barely in that you have at number one, Andrew? It's called This Thing You Do. It's re- <laughs> no, no. <laughs> it was a sequel. No, The Road. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. The you, Road. You love that movie? It's in my top one hundred. I think it's in my wow. top fifty. Cor- it, it is, is my bleak. Yeah, it is the most depressing movie you will ever see in your entire life. I don't know about Nothing that. Nothing but... good happens in that movie. Name that one good. True. Name one good thing that happens in the road. Nothing. No, there's nothing. There good is than, nothing good that no, happens on the road. No, there's nothing good. It's so depressing they don't even give the characters names. <laughs> it's just son, dad, mom. You're not selling this very well. <laughs> oh, but the performances are otherworldly. Hugh or Viggo Mortensen and that kid. I, I wish I could remember his name. I think it's the same kid from like uh, uh, the one where he grew up on Mars and then they brought him back to Earth. Uh, or it, he's not the Ender's Game kid, is he? Um, I don't think so. Cody Smith. Cody Smith. Yeah, I don't know what else he's been in. I can check. Yeah, I but, think um, that's the Ender's Game kid. Anywho, uh, but man, I love this movie because I read the book first, and for a while it was one of my. It is still one of my favorite books. Definitely my favorite Cormac McCarthy book. Uh, it's just like I said, it's 
the most realistic version of a post-apocalyptic world. Like, you know, if yeah. you look at, like, Mad Max Fury Road, it's really loud and crazy, and uh, while you can appreciate how amazing that is, it's not realistic for how, you know, the end of times would happen, you know, with uh, sure. guzzling and, you know, like, uh, ammo city or a bullet town, you know, stuff like that. Right. Um, but then you look at the road and you're like, that is so believably real and haunting. And the reason why the movie horrifying, is so yeah. horrifying is because how real it is. No, that's fair. Uh, he is also, Cody Smith McPhee has also been in Paranorman as a voice, apparently, and uh, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, uh, and maybe as an ape. I don't know. Um, I'd have to <laughs> click on it to find out. In X Men Apocalypse. Okay. So those are the, the three main ones uh, most people would know that he's been in. Okay. So um, that's interesting. That's an interesting choice. I didn't even really? have it in my honorable mentions. I, oh, yeah. Right. I, I, so you're not up on it? No, I watched The Road and was very sad that I did. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not saying that you're going to walk out of that movie going. Not but every- that's part of it for me. Part of it for me is the experience has to be worthwhile. And I don't know that that experience was worthwhile for me. There wasn't. I didn't get anything out of it. So, okay, so why don't I tell you what I got out sure, of it? Yeah, so, yeah, okay, yeah, so whenever I watch The Road, even though I'm not a parent, for some reason I'm always <laughs> drawn to films where it's like a, uh, a a parent doing whatever it takes to help their child survive. A good example of that would be... Uh, Mel Gibson Ransom. Yes, Mel Gibson. <laughs> no, I'm talking... Uh, 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 a Quiet Place, you know. the sure, uh, yeah, yeah. The, the impending doom in a parent doing whatever it takes to yeah and i think that this is like the ultimate version of a bad situation and a parent doing whatever they can to keep their kid alive yeah and to help their kid see hope for the future you know for as unrelenting as this movie is you can tell that Viggo Mortensen just wants the best for his son in a world that cannot provide that yeah and I just found that so compelling. Yeah, no, I get, I, I totally get um, why it would be considered a great movie. Uh, it just was not a great experience for me. So that's, you know, that's why I didn't have it on my list. I'm not saying I left the movie going, oh boy, I feel great. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, let's talk some honorable mentions. Uh, Lo, why don't you go first? What do you got in the honorable mention category? Okay, I had that thing you do. Cool. Because it's such a great movie. This we mythical movie that. you two just made up to yes. punk me. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, just to really drive home its authenticity. Yeah. Um, I have Snow White and the Huntsman, which really is is an interesting movie in that I hate it. And I also really like some things about it. Love hate relationship. Um, I love her performance in it. Um, oh, yeah. She's I, great in it. I like Snow White and the Huntsman. Amazing. You, you do, it too? Does some weird stuff, I like it. But not, wow. the, not the second one. The second one is utter garbage. But uh, no, that first one, I liked it. I, wow, guys. Not, not that I hated it. Like I, I actually had a good time with that movie. And the main yeah. part of that movie is Charlie's Throne is really yeah. good. She's really good. Wow. And the effects I'm are pretty good, I think. Shocked. I'm shocked. <laughs> I mean I get uh, it. And I, this is coming from like a huge Disney fan, so I'm I'm comparing sure. it to all my, my Disney sure. my Disney movies. But I no, I think they did a really good job all with right, it. I fair think enough. that it Yeah. And I this is not a movie, but I just cannot not mention Arrested Development. She stole mine. She stole it. It's so funny. Mr. F. Exactly. Oh, it's that might be the funniest uh 
like a storyline in that entire series is the Mr. F storyline. She with had her. a recent storyline in uh, the Orville too. Charlize Theron was in the yeah. Orville. I, I've been, I wanting, yeah. I've been wanting to pick that show up. Is it worth it? Oh yeah, the Orville's great. Okay, yeah. so good. Yeah, the Orville's really funny. It's it's a better Star Trek show than the other Star Trek show. Hey, oh, oh, than the one that came out. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought yeah. you meant like the not, like not next... original. The other one that came out at the same time, which I watched like an episode of, and was like, "This is." I've not watched. Good. I've watched all of it. It's actually not. It's not that bad. It's I like a, it. Yeah, okay. it's actually pretty good. Um, but the Orville's better, and and that's just coming from somebody who probably on TV wants more comedy than drama anyway. Uh, and so I love the comedy. But they don't the overdo it. And no, they some don't. People don't like it because they expect with Seth MacFarlane for it to just be this like zany, crazy thing. And there are moments that are crazy, but it's a pretty good. It reminds me a lot of Firefly, honestly, in that it's not in like what it's about, but just in that it's like this kind of sci-fi show that wasn't what people expected. And there's some comedy, but there's also like action and deep stuff. I don't know. I really like it. No, it's really good. Comparing anyway, it to <laughs> Firefly, that's a high praise. Yeah, I don't know that I would compare it to Fire. I see what you're saying. Like, I I get the comparison points it's that not, you're making. Yeah, it, it's, maybe I shouldn't. Have the made tone that is different. The tone is definitely different between Firefly and the Orville. Yes, the, the Orville yeah, definitely has it, a more um, uh, matter of fact comedy tone than Firefly, yeah. which is very t- contextualized. So okay. So yeah. Um, well, I know you know. Seth MacFarlane is like so big on like Star Trek and stuff like that. So I could see this being like maybe his like a uh, homage to it. Yeah, you know, no, like, he definitely I love Star the Trek formula. so much. So yeah, yeah. Okay. Definitely. I've been wanting to pick it up, but now I know it's actually worth it. Did you have any others, low that you wanted to mention in the honorable mention? That was all I had. I mean, I wrote some other ones down, but like the Italian job, I almost feel like that doesn't count. No, no I was going to say Italian. Yeah, job. I have I the Italian gonna, job in my, in I was my honorable I was going to say mention. Atomic Blonde. I, I for it, as okay I thought that movie was there's like one scene in particular that one shot fight from the top of the building to the bottom of the building is like worth the movie itself you know? I I like the Atomic Blonde more than you don't I yeah I really enjoyed it I I think it's a phenomenal it is the first movie uh for me that really showed a female um James Bond spy type character that was. Uh, was done in a way I feel like is an actual spy character and not a um, femme fatale, femme fatale, seductive. Like it was very much, and I know I talked about this when we reviewed it, but she was shot like a man. Like the camera followed her. You know, I, just her, she was she was shot for her personhood, not her womanhood. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it was. I, I I thought it was was great. And then uh, actually, there's an episode of Sif Pop where I talked to the writer of the um, graphic novel. Oh really? Um, yeah, uh, about this. He actually said that was his intent in creating the graphic novel was that this be a uh yes, a woman who is a spy, but who isn't um that's not the focus. The focus is that it's just a great spy story and uh and so yeah, I think that comes across in in how they made it. Um so yeah, no, I think that's a fine choice. Um I also had uh Men of Honor you guys see Men of Honor? That's the Cuba Gooding mm-hmm. Jr. Yeah. I really like that movie. I like it too, quite a bit. I'm not sure what the general consensus is on that. I don't hear a lot of talk about I, uh, it. I, I looked it up because I was curious. Yeah. Apparently people don't like that movie. Really? Much. And I thought it was great. I thought Cuba Gooding Jr. and it's Robert De-, De, Niro, De Niro. Yeah, yeah. I thought their animosity towards each other was believable, yet it was weird. Like He despised De Niro, but he also looked up to him. Yeah. Because you know? De Niro's not a great person in that movie. No. But... uh. There are some goosebump moments in that movie for me. Like there are some scenes that are re- they're just powerful to me, and I don't. Maybe that's just not. Maybe everybody else just 
didn't buy into it. it like I, I can think of two scenes in that movie that gave me goosebumps, and that's whenever yeah. they were in the bar. Yep. And they were, you know, doing the scuba challenge, and then him taking steps in the courtroom. Exactly. Are those the two moments? That's yes, exactly it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So there you go. I think that those two scenes alone make that movie worth it, and I think that there are performances galore in that movie. That yeah, are great. I love it. Did you have any other honorable mentions? Uh, I have like two more, but yeah, yeah, I'll let you go then. It was mainly it for me. I mentioned Young Adult, which I know you guys haven't seen. Um, I think it's worth seeing. It's not great, actually. I probably feel, I feel like Tully and Young Adult rank about the same for me. Tully maybe I liked a little bit more, um, but it's decent, worth watching. And then I mentioned. And I know not everybody loves this movie. Some people think it's too cheesy, but I love it. The, the Legend of Bagger Vance. Uh, I like it. I, I haven't seen it. Oh, I think you'd really enjoy it. I um, realized when researching for this that I have a gap in my movie knowledge, and it's Char- Charlize Theron movies. For some <laughs> reason, I've seen like nothing she's in. Yeah, it's a fun golf movie. Yeah, it's. I I find it. Um, I find it to be inspiring. I find it to be interesting. Um, I, I really enjoyed it. So. Um, but I know that one. I think is on the lower side. I think it's like a forty percent on Rotten Tomatoes, something like that. So it's not the best golf movie ever, but it's a good one. What's the best golf movie ever, Andrew? Andrew Armsby, please tell us what is the best golf movie ever. Either Happy Gilmore or The Greatest Game Ever Played. Not Caddyshack. Not Caddyshack. All right. I think Caddyshack's really overrated, and I know that for some people that's sacrilege. But I would say either The Greatest Game Ever Played or Happy Gilmore. Probably Happy Gilmore. I like those choices. I might throw Tin Cup in there as well. But that's a different Best Ever Challenge. Maybe we'll do that one someday. <laughs> it, when the next, next golf movie really comes. Next there's a really good golf movie. <laughs> yes. Yeah. The Tiger Woods movie, whenever that comes out. Because there will be a Tiger Woods movie. Oh, there yeah. is no doubt at some point there will be a Tiger Woods movie. you got to love the rise and fall and then potential rise again. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, Before we move on and head to the SIFT quest, just a reminder that this is a part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network, which is supported by people just like you through fan funding at patreon.com. It's patreon.com slash studio DNA. You give three bucks a month or whatever you feel is right uh, to help these podcasts stay on the air and you get some pretty cool perks, including bonus episodes uh, for the podcast that come to you in your own dedicated podcast feed. Uh, this bonus episode for this SIF Pop, we caught up on what we're watching on television. So if you're interested in hearing that, maybe donate three bucks a month to the podcast network and it'll show right up for you. Uh, you can go to patreon.com slash studio DNA. And thanks for keeping this podcast network going. Much appreciated. All right, let's do the SIF quest. This comes from Todd via email. Hello, Todd. Um, and nicely done because you know where he's from. Oh no, that was British. Oh, was it? Yeah. I thought you were doing. Uh, I, I thought you were doing the Austin. Good eye, Todd. There you go. Very nice. Uh, here's what uh, Todd says: Love your podcast each week, and Andrew, it's so pleasing uh, with Andrew, and it's so pleasing to see Andrew doing much better with his health. Thank you. That's so kind. This Todd. was written. This was written before my health event, so it's, I'm sure it's so good. It's not pleasing to see you. Doing <laughs> no, no, no. With your health, I'm though, sure. It's, I'm sure. I'm sure he's happy that both of us. Yeah, are recovering. That's with our so health. sweet. Thank you. No, it really is. Uh, the chemistry between you both is why I tune in each Sunday when it becomes available in Australia. My question is with to Aaron is, with you being such a Hitchcock fan, if you had to replace any of his leading men, uh, Cary Grant or Jimmy Stewart, with an, act, with an actor from today, who would it be? Also, if possible, could you and Andrew please sell, say hello to my mother, Sandra? She is also a fan uh, of the show and loves hearing Andrew saying, patrons get those perks. Love from sunny Australia, Todd. Sandra gets those perks! <laughs> hey, Sandra! 
How are you? Uh, Sandra, thanks for listening. Yeah. Todd, thank you for listening. This is a great yeah. question. I want to expand it for all of us because he mentioned specifically Hitchcock, and I'll touch on that. But to all of us, who are uh, older actors, golden age actors, so to speak, who you think have kind of modern representations oh, and those man. kind of things? I read that question wrong. What did you think it was? I thought it was modern actors who would lend themselves to being in a Hitchcock movie. Mm. So I messed up bad. No, that's I got fine. A list, I got a list of three <laughs> modern actors. I'm like, man, these guys would kill it in a Hitchcock movie. I'm no. gonna, no, I'm gonna really of- impress Aaron, and I. And Todd, you were so kind, and you and I'm messing up your question. Ah. No, um, but that's. I mean, you can talk chat about that too, or you can kind of think uh, I'll of some think of some, and some then comparisons. Um, Lo, why don't you kick us off? What are you kind of um, thinking? I I had a lot of trouble with this just because I kept trying to look up just even for inspiration like lists online that people had made of something similar, but every time I googled it, it was people being like. What's the difference between uh, classical acting and method acting? And stuff like that? <laughs> no, that's not what I want. Um, but I, I have a few that I'm not totally convinced, and maybe maybe other people in the in the chat or or afterwards on Twitter can can give me better answers than this. But the first person I started thinking about was Errol Flynn because okay, I've nice. watched a bazillion of his movies, and I was trying to think of somebody who's kind of similar nowadays. And could maybe take on some of that. And like Errol Flynn was kind of like cocky in a lot of his movies, but he also had like that romantic leading man thing, sort of suave. I came up with Matthew McConaughey. I'm not convinced that's the best representation of Errol Flynn, but it's what I have. No, that's good. (laughs) The first person that came to my mind for Errol Flynn was uh, Brad Pitt. Um, okay. In kind of that that same kind of way, just kind of self-assured, but, you know, still romantic, you know. Um, yeah. And then for kind of Errol Flynn was known for his action too, like mm-hmm. his sword fighting and his swashbuckling. Um, and so in some ways, uh, in in only those ways, <laughs> I would say Jackie Chan is an interesting replacement for Errol Ooh. Flynn. Um, so that is a good one. So, yeah, no, no. So certainly yeah. not in the comedy ways, but no, definitely. No, in definitely. The- yeah, no, I totally get that. Um, I'll throw one out. Uh, since you specifically asked about Cary Grant and Jimmy Stewart, I've got uh, those. Uh, Cary Grant, I think George Clooney would, would be a good replacement for Cary Grant in Hitchcock movies. I can really see him in uh, like North by Northwest, um, you know, kind of playing that role. Uh, so, so, yeah, I think George Clooney kind of feels a lot like kind of that smooth, um, classical, good-looking kind of male star. So that was kind of the first one I had. Any others that you guys have before I go through mine? Andrew, are you still uh, thinking? I had... Yeah, I, I can't think of it. I'm just going to have to do my original wrong list. Okay, so. fair enough. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry, Todd. Sandra ruined your day. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm yeah. sure, yeah. It's all over for them. Yeah. What, else, what are they going to do? Uh, what else did you have, Lo? Um, I had Audrey Hepburn, and I have compared, them, uh, compared her to either Natalie Portman or Anne Hathaway. I couldn't really decide which... Um, first of all, they both kind of look like her. They're especially kind of Natalie Portman. You skinny see some... and white and have yeah. dark hair. Like yeah. and some of the facial shapes are similar, but they also, I think both of them make similar acting choices to her and that they've both done some comedy stuff and they've both done some kind of romantic stuff. They both tend to stay away from the action oriented things. So I, I don't know. I just kind of see some similarities there. Yeah, absolutely. I uh, I actually had Natalie Portman for Audrey Hepburn on my list as well. What's the name of – help me out here, Aaron. Uh, 
uh, Rear Window. Uh, what's her name? Jimmy Stewart. Oh, Grace oh. Grace Kelly. Uh, Grace Kelly. I was going to say Scarlett Johansson. You know, I, Grace Kelly. Um, that's that's decent. I think ScarJo has an even better old. Uh, what is it? Doppelganger, mm-hmm. which is Marilyn Monroe. You think so? I really do. I don't think she's. I agree with that one. Okay. Yeah, I, I think ScarJo is the modern Marilyn Monroe. Now, Monroe didn't do as many things as ScarJo has done. Like, it's hard yeah. to think of Marilyn Monroe being Black Widow, for instance, right? Yeah. Um, but uh, I but, could see Grace Kelly being Black Widow. You think so? I really could. Uh, yeah. I'm I don't know. It, they both I'm... have, like, very distinct voices. Yes. Yeah. And Scar- I think that's what both of them are definitely known for. I think of like um, what's Happy the Woody Allen birthday. movie, the tennis movie, uh, Match Point. Have you guys seen Match Point? Is this another? No, no. yeah, I've seen it. <laughs> so Match Point is the perfect example to me of a movie that Marilyn Monroe could have done instead of Scarlett Johansson. Like that's a that is a Marilyn Monroe role, and Scarlett Johansson does it perfectly. Um, yeah, I think that's pretty. I don't think the Grace Kelly comparison is awful, but um, but I think ScarJo well, thank you. is the Marilyn Monroe is probably a better one. <laughs> Sorry that my you aren't fired today. Sorry, my uh, hip shot, you know. That's right. That's right. Isn't up to the dicer. Hey, oh, listen, oh listen. You know, you got to do what you can. I don't know why, but for a sec, I almost said the dicer sphere instead the of dicer, Dyson sphere. The dicer sphere. But then I started thinking about what a dicer sphere would look like, and instead of you know revolving around the sun, it would probably be a Chick Fil A. You know. <laughs> That's right. Yes, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> nicely done. Can uh, I give my wrong list now just to get it out of the way? Sure. So yeah. three modern actors that I thought would be really good in a Hitchcock film. Um, I got three down. Number one, I don't know why, but I think Jesse Plemons in a Hitchcock movie oh, yeah. would kill it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And Christian Bale and Jake Gyllenhaal. Ooh. Oh, nice. Yeah, but mainly, but mainly Jesse Plemons, I think. Yeah, that Jesse Plemons uh, pick is interesting. It reminds me a lot of some of the Hitchcock villains. Um, yeah, like I think he could do a pretty good Patrick or a Bateman, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Or a Bates Motel. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, that's not Patrick Bateman. That's American Psycho. <laughs> or no, yeah, American Psycho. Uh, wrong Psycho. That's your wrong list was wonderful. Thank I you. enjoyed it very much. Uh, <sighs> Jimmy Stewart. I'm going with Tom Hanks. Jimmy Shore. That's because Tom Hanks is everybody. Yeah, but there's something about how Jimmy Stewart was able to be likable and a a little comedic and at the same time ground you in to what was going on in the movie. I think of a movie like Rope that Jimmy Stewart is in. I think Tom Hanks would kill a movie like Rope. Like he would be so good in that. And, you know, Hollywood, you don't have to get any ideas about, you know, redoing the movie rope i'm just saying tom hanks i think would be incredible in a lot of those jimmy stewart roles uh the other ones i had since we mentioned since we're talking a lot of Charlize theron i think she's a great uh, match for elizabeth taylor they both have kind of that um that energy to them and that willingness to go a little crazy with their roles um so i see her more as i don't Raquel i feel Welch. like gruff is the wrong word but it's the word that's coming to mind yeah. to describe them a little bit especially as a female in hollywood yeah there's an aggressiveness to them that's you yeah. know a little interesting i see her more of as a raquel welch than that. oh really yeah okay then okay. again that's just me uh, I'm, but- i've been wrong all day apparently so <laughs> it's just my day to be wrong thanks lo appreciate it You've jinxed this me. This is why you shouldn't co-host. This is why. <laughs> this is why. That's why he's on. avoided it for so <laughs> long. 
Uh, did you have any others, Lo, or, or does that finish us yeah, off? Yeah, I have one more. Okay. Um, I am named after Lauren Bacall, so I had to pick All right. her. My <laughs> name is not Lo, it's Lauren, but I go by Lo. Um, and I thought about this a lot, and I have Kate Winslet specifically for her performance in Titanic. Uh, okay, um, fair enough. I She gives that sort of like classy, almost above-it-all sort of performance and I feel like that was a lot of Lauren Bacall's like what she was known for was very like I'm not snooty but like just classy and like even tempered I don't know I feel very ethereal when yeah. I think about Lauren Bacall no I think that's a good call I really do and actually even beyond Titanic I think there's there's some good similarities in uh, acting styles and presence and tone and those kind of things between the two. I know I think that's a good choice. Uh, appreciate the question, Todd. Appreciate all the kind words. Appreciate the email. If you want to give us a sift quest, if you have a question uh, or a quest to send us on, you can either email us like Todd did um, at um, what is the email we use? <laughs> Andrew, do you remember? Uh Sifpop at, I was just giving you another chance to be wrong. That's all. Yeah, Sifpop at ninjaco.monkey. <laughs> there you go. Monkey. Uh, no, you can email us at feedback at sifpop.com, or you can tweet at me. Works just as fine. I'm at Aaron I should have just Twitter. said you should tweet. Because that's what people do. They don't, that's right. Has anybody ever emailed you, or does it actually well, come from? Todd, Todd was an email. Oh, I thought that came from Twitter. No, 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 no. Oh, wrong no, again. That, that was an email. Uh, yeah, we do actually get several of these are from email. But yeah, you can even direct message me on Twitter. My my DMs are open. Uh, that way you can ask a longer question Feedback if you need to. Feedback at siftpop.com. Very nicely done. All right, let's finish up with our buried treasure, the one thing in any area of pop culture that you want to make sure that people know about. Andrew, I don't feel like you've gotten a chance to go first yet today. So tell us your wrong answer. So, uh, well, <laughs> technically it is because Lowe said that she doesn't hate, doesn't like anything where children get hurt. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> or are in danger. Yes. So I'm going to recommend a Stephen King book <laughs> whenever he was writing under the name Richard Bachman. For those of you who don't know, what Stephen King would do is whenever he came up with an idea for a book that was too dark, and Stephen King saying he came up with an idea for a book that's too dark should give you an idea. <laughs> yeah, right. um, he wrote under the name Richard Bachman, and it was early, early on in his career. And the book is called The Long Walk. Have okay. you heard of it? No. So Mm-mm. the basic premise of this book is it's in this dystopian future where uh, children, uh, only only boys, uh, from I think from the ages of like 10 to 18, they're able to win a contest uh, to get whatever they want. If they want a billion dollars, they get a billion dollars. They want food for life, they get a food for life. But all they have to do is beat out 99 other boys aiming for the same prize to walk. You just continue to walk, and if you stop, they kill you. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's, and, that is dark. Yeah, so I thought I thought it was going to be some sort of battle royale kind of thing, but um, I it, mean it is, but it's it just is a, a battle different royale, version but of that. You just have to outwalk everybody, and it goes on for five days of wow. nonstop walking. Wow! You, uh, you get three warnings, like if you uh, if you go below a certain speed, or you stop to like retie your shoe, you get three warnings, and you uh, have to keep walking. Wow. It's that sounds a, absolutely terrifying. It's really depressing, but the, what I found really interesting about the book is how the whole world is okay with this. They're all all right with it. And like Hunger all, Games? Kind of, yeah, like kind, yeah. Of, kind of like Hunger Games. And what I found interesting was like 
reading the book, I'm like, uh, I wonder who's going to win. And then there comes a point in the book where they bring that to your attention where they're like, are you any better than those people in the crowd wondering who's going to win if you are sitting here reading this book? They don't come right out and say, but it's hinted at the fact that sure. are you any better than these people in the crowd? Because you're almost just as curious as them. The only difference is you know it's not real, but right. that's about it. And I thought that that was a really cool look at you know human uh not mentality uh psychology psychology yeah, yeah. yeah. sure no totally yep. i don't know if it sounds like something see, something like this i could actually see myself liking oh, okay. and you can correct me if i'm wrong about this but it sounds like it's voluntary yeah 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 it, it, see, they don't, okay they don't kidnap a hundred kids making the choice yeah mm, interesting and in, in, in i don't really... know why that is different for me but What's really sad is, you know, as time progresses throughout this walk, you know, you get to know each of these characters. It's more of a core group of, like, 12 people you really get to know. You don't get to know all 100 of them, obviously. Right. But uh, as time goes on, you get to know more about where they came from, why they're in the walk, and stuff like that. And then you get to kind of choose who you want to win. And then, you know, obviously there are villains who you don't want to win. But I yeah. found it a, it's a quick read as well. You can get through the whole book in one sitting. What I was going to say is it doesn't sound like something that would initially, you know, tweak my desire to, to read. But there are some things about it that do sound interesting to me. So, um, so yeah, good choice. Way to bring that to the attention. I got something right. Um, my buried treasure is uh, a TV show that just started. Um, I don't think we've talked about this yet. I don't think either one of us have chosen it for a buried treasure. Uh, Barry. Um, which is on HBO and is about... Uh, I've been wanting to see it. Yeah, a hitman who decides he wants to be an actor, basically. So yeah. i got to ask you one question about the show. Yeah, for sure. Bill Hader as an assassin, does it work? Absolutely, 100%. It works, okay. Because yeah. I, I love Bill Hader. It's just I never in a million years would have picked him to be a hitman. Yeah, but it no, works. It, it really works. Okay. It, it works. Uh, the, the movie is funny. I think the best... Show. Uh, yeah, sorry, show. So used to talking movies. Yeah, um, the show is great. It is really funny, um, but it also has that hitman edge to it, where it's also a little dark, a little real. Um, Henry Winkler is so good God, in you it. You gotta love that guy and everything he, is he does. So good in it. Um, so, in the rest of the cast, who all kind of make up this acting class that he joins, are all great. Uh, I think the first few episodes are good. I think around episode four, it finds its real tone and groove mm-hmm. and just become something even better uh so yeah i think it's a, a definitely a recommend for me is it a limited series or is it an actual show i think Do it's a know? show i okay. think it's a show yeah well good i'm yeah. gonna pick it up yeah that's called barry b-a-r-r-y low what do you got low all right um i'm i'm digging deep digging real real deep for my buried treasure all right um this is a book it's called the savior's champion it is by a self-published author who's from YouTube, um, and I am well-versed in the YouTube-averse um, and very much into BookTube, as it's called. Um, it's her second novel, and it is amazing. I'm so into it. It is basically, we were already kind of talking about The Hunger Games. It's sort of like The Hunger Games in that it is a battle royale. It's about a man who's competing with uh, I think it's like 19 other men to win the hand of like the queen. It's a fantasy novel, um, very much inspired by like 
like Roman gladiator type things. And I'm digging it so much. I'm about three quarters of the way through. And what's it called? I don't know. The Savior's Champion. It's by Jenna Moresi. Um, You can get it on like Amazon. I have a hard copy cover of it. And it's, I love her sense of humor. It is definitely R rated. Um, It's, it's violent. There is also some sexual nature to it, but I think that it lends itself well to that. It's not gratuitous in any means. Um, you know, just like the Hunger Games isn't gratuitous, even though there sure. are children like dying right, yeah, <laughs> all yeah, over yeah. the place. These are these are men. They aren't. Um, but it's it's built on this thing of like the uh, the savior is like the queen, the princess of the land. And she's almost like a deity in that she's uh, like her ancestor, like saved the world and like made it like like the world was dying and she like brought it back to life. Um, and so it's this sort of honor for a lot of people, but he's just doing it because he wants to save his family. Um, it's kind of a fantasy romance slash battle royale. <laughs> if I were to wow. put it in a genre. That is that is quite a genre right there. The fantasy <laughs> battle royale romance, romance genre. You know, I bet that there actually are a lot of them in the, <laughs> Probably. Of the Hunger Games. Probably. <laughs> Well, very nice. We did it, guys. We did a podcast. Huzzahs! Well done. Woot, I say unto you. Woot, I say unto all of you. Woot, woot. Uh, Dilly, dilly. Dilly, dilly. Thanks so much for joining us today. Sif Pop is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You can find out more about other live and later shows on the network by following us at Spreaker, either in the Spreaker app or at Spreaker.com slash Studio DNA. Huge thanks again to today's guru, The Curious Low. Woo-hoo! Oh, thank you for having me. Uh, where, where would you like to point people to? Where can they find you on the internet? Uh, Twitter at the Curious Low, and you can also find me sometimes when I decide to post a YouTube video every you know year or so on <laughs> YouTube at the Curious Low. I am intending to relaunch soon, so if you want, but for now, Twitter is is the main place that I hang out. Very nice. Much love and gratitude to our Patreon supporters as well for giving monthly to make the show and others on the network possible. Support starts at three bucks a month. Comes with some pretty fun perks, including those bonus episodes. You can find out more info at Patreon dot com slash studio dna lots of ways to connect with the podcast you can comment on spreaker or email us at feedback at sifpop.com that email again andrew is feedback at sifpop.com nicely done and finally if you're having a good time your movie loving friends will probably like it too so let them know about it and that listening is much easier than losing the baby weight and at the same time not losing your sanity Spoiler chat for this week's movie should be next up in your podcast feed. And next week, likely we'll be doing a swift sift. I will be out of town. So likely put together something uh, for you next week in the sift swift genre. Is this next week supposed to be Solo? No. Oh. Solo doesn't come. Deadpool is the next big one. That comes out in a couple weeks. Okay. So now there's not there's nothing really big next week anyway. So okay. it should be should be pretty good. But we'll see you then. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 